Welcome everyone to Rock Buzz, Ocean Pines Community Podcast. I am Sherry Clifford and I am here with my co-host Amy Peck. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily represent the views of our guests or others, nor are we affiliated with the Ocean Pines Association. Our mission is to bring factual news and information to the residents and homeowners of Ocean Pines and the surrounding areas. You can join the ROC's Facebook group by searching for Ocean Pines ROC or find us on Twitter and Instagram. Also be sure to look for the official ROC logo. If you have news or would like to share your story on Rock Buzz, or if you would like to advertise with us, you can visit our website, OceanPinesROC.com, or email us at info at OceanPinesROC.com. Today we are talking about the Worcester County Schools once again. However, this time we are focused on book banning and school funding. And we will have Tom Simon from Worcester United join us. As you remember, on a prior podcast, we met with education consultant John Huber about school safety. We focused on the school board and law enforcement, along with the formation of a school safety task force. One would think that school safety is what would be the topic at the school board meetings, but recently, it has been about books. What books should be in the library? Should books be banned? Should there be a special section of books that need parent permission slip to check those books out? Well, we see that school board meetings have been heavily attended and public comments have been intense. In fact, some might even characterize them as not being very nice. The groups are forming. You could say there are two types of groups, one group that wants to ban books and the other group that wants to allow books. That's right. There are those who are requesting the board to remove what they consider sexually explicit books and those that say the books in question help students who might identify with what is in the books. The newest group has been formed by our guest, Berlin resident Tom Simon. Welcome, Mr. Simon, and please tell us a little bit about yourself and your group. Thank you so much for having me on. My name is Tom Simon. I am a parent and a business owner in Worcester County. My son is in pre-K-4 at the wonderful Buckingham Elementary School. Uh, I have a daughter who is two and a half, and I hope that she will be getting into pre-K-3 next year. I went to a board meeting in November and I could not believe what I heard there. It was a really eye-opening as to what is being um, said by some members of the community at Board of Education meetings. So I got pretty upset about it and I talked with some of my friends. And the next day we decided to form Worcester United. The focus of Worcester United is to make sure that schools are inclusive for all students and also to defend public schools from any type of political extremist, um, either side, that are trying to influence how our schools operate. Now, Worcester United, since November, has had a really big impact. Your group is now over 700 people. One of the areas you had a big impact was regarding book banning. Can you tell us a little bit about the efforts of your group? Yeah, that was really amazing to see the community respond after the November board meeting where a transgender student was bullied by members of the community. It was great to see the response. In the December board meeting, it was the complete opposite. There were many um, parents and students that went up and spoke, defending all students, you know, really demanding that schools remain an inclusive place for everyone. It's called public for a reason. Public schools, they're for everyone. So think about if it was your child and your child was from a marginalized community in some way, shape or form. And you can imagine people that don't even have kids in the school system 
going up there, speaking at the board meeting and telling them that your kid doesn't belong. It was really infuriating. So the December board meeting, we had over 40 members of Worcester United speak and it was just really fantastic. There were two motions that were presented by Katie Addis, who is a member of the Board of Education. Both of them were shot down six to one. The first one was to create a segregated section of the library for some of these books that relate to the LGBTQIA plus youth, which we found absurd. And many of our members spoke about it in the December meeting prior to that vote. And we were really, really excited that the rest of the board members completely shut it down six to one. The second motion that she made was to allow any member of the public, any citizen from Worcester County to challenge books in the school, which we really think just opens up the doors to people with extremist views coming in and just challenging everything left and right and really tying up our school's funding and resources in book challenges. So we were also really excited to hear the rest of the board members besides Katie Addis talk about how really these things are for stakeholders in schools. And then they define stakeholders. You know, stakeholders are parents, legal guardians, grandparents of kids attending school. That's it. You know, we're the ones that are affected by this the most. So having other people come in that don't have as big of a stake in the game as we do come in and dictate what our kids can be taught, what our kids can read. I think it was a really big victory for our students, for our teachers, and for Worcester United to really see the difference between the November board meeting and the December one. Um, We could tell that even some of the Board of Ed members have really educated themselves between the two meetings because of all the uproar of the November meeting. Using common sense, That's all, and that's all we're asking for. Worcester United is completely nonpartisan. All we ask is that we're thinking about kids, students, and teachers, putting them first, priority number one. So did the Maryland Association of School Librarians help you? Were they working partnership with you regarding the book banning issues? I wouldn't say it was like a working partnership. They were already working on a lot of these issues. They'd been addressing these things for some time. So they provided us with, you know, some statistics and a little bit of research here and there. But I would say that our efforts are more parallel, kind of working together, but separately. Um, We're kind of working together for the same goal. But, you know, we're really doing most of this on our own is just our local community. Well, one of the quotes that you had, which I just love, you said schools should be an inclusive, safe space for all kids to grow and learn. So as far as inclusivity in school goes, uh, let me just talk about like a segregated library section for just a moment. You know, if you are sending kids to a special room or a special section of the library where they have to get permission to go in there, it instantly stigmatizes those students. Even if those books don't relate to you and you want to learn more about different people, which is really what books do for us, right? You might want to read one of those books, but then you're at risk of getting bullied. If anybody sees you going into the special section, I really think that like a segregated section for older teens is not a good idea. And we know that that's not like the best practices for libraries um, as far as inclusivity is concerned. So we were very pleased that that motion did not pass. So Tom, I see that there was another group, Moms for Liberty, the Worcester County chapter. Could you tell us a little bit about that group? Yeah, so at the November board meeting, one of the speakers mentioned that she was forming the Worcester County Moms for Liberty, and that was really upsetting to me. I pay attention, and I know who and what Moms for Liberty are. They are an organization that is trying to inflict their political agenda on public school systems. They started in Florida. Their leadership started there, and it is a nationwide organization now. They are well-funded by some deep pockets, and we know that they present themselves as, oh, like, we're just here to make sure that core education 
core academics are being taught, but in reality, that's just a facade. They are labeled as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center, and they have worked to get superintendents dismissed from their positions. They've worked to get Board of Education members removed. So we know who they are and what they're doing. That's a big part of the reason why we formed Worcester United is to provide some counterbalance to that. We're not like on the extreme other side. We're just middle of the road, reasonable, sensible parents trying to make sure that our kids have the best education possible. Tom, I believe one of the focus of the Moms for Liberty is about school vouchers. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that affects Worcester County funding? Yes. It even hits closer to home than that. Um, One of our commissioners, Karen Abbott, down from Pocomoke, she has actually advocated on her Facebook page for parents to get their kids out of public school system and into either homeschooling or private schools. So I do believe that some of the commissioners and, of course, Moms for Liberty, their end goal is a voucher system. And what that means is parents would be getting vouchers to pay partial tuition for charter schools um, or other private schools. And what that does, that money comes from public school funding for the vouchers. So that would be taking money away from our kids' schools in order to help subsidize the payment for private schools for kids that are getting sent there. So if you're a parent that already has a kid in private school, it would reduce your tuition at the expense of public school system students. So if you are a family that is, you know, in poverty or near the poverty line or even middle class family, it's it's very hard to pay for your kids to go to private school. You have to be pretty well off. So a lot of those parents can't even pay for like half of a charter school. So even if, you know, you're a middle class or a lower income family and you get a voucher, you probably still can't afford the other half of the tuition. So these programs really benefit like the most affluent families and, you know, the students that already have the most resources. So, you know, that's a big part of Worcester United is making sure that schools are, you know, equal and inclusive for everybody and a voucher system would be detrimental to that. That's a big part of why we're so passionate about making sure that our schools are properly funded because the voucher system is detrimental to school systems. So we just want to make sure that that doesn't happen here. So that's your focus now. Your focus now for Worcester United is about maintenance of effort. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what MOE, maintenance of effort, is? Yeah, sure. Maintenance of effort is a term that's thrown around a lot, and a lot of people are kind of confused by what it means. But basically, maintenance of effort, or MOE, you might hear some people say, it's the really the bare minimum of funding that the county commissioners have to provide to Worcester County Public Schools. So it is the bare minimum. And the problem with that is that maintenance of effort will cause eventually a size reduction in classes, and it will also reduce the amount of jobs in the school system, and also it'll affect mental health services. So for the maintenance of effort, it's basically that whatever we are paying, whatever the number figure is that we pay per student is, that's what we're paying next year, regardless of inflation or enrollment or anything. Whatever we pay per student, that's what will be approved next year. So that really, even though, you know, you'll hear the commissioner say, this isn't a cut, we're just funding it the same as last year. It's not true because inflation, everybody knows it's hitting us all hard, right? The grocery store and everything we do. I know that with my business, a lot of the products that we buy, they've all gone way up from our wholesalers, you know, and we have to pass that cost on. We can't absorb all of that. So everything is going up. Uh, However, the commissioners don't seem to understand that these things go up for a school system too. The largest employer in Worcester County is Worcester County Public Schools. So continuing to fund them at the maintenance of effort will be a cut in funding. Now, you just brought up an important issue, and that is 
First of all, Worcester County schools are so great and about class size. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of class size? Yeah. So um, Worcester County Public Schools have one of the smallest class sizes on average in the entire state of Maryland. The Worcester County Board of Education, they aim for a 1 to 18 student to teacher ratio. So that directly correlates to test scores. Uh, There's a Beacon study from 2011 that says a 10% increase in student-to-teacher ratio would result in lower standardized test scores and 1% to 2% drop in graduation rates. So right now, a 10% increase would be approximately 1% to 2 students. That's it. So if we increase from 18 to 25, like we believe that that's what the commissioners are looking at, 23 to 25 students. So that's increasing our class size by five to six students. So we think that that will have detrimental effects on the quality of education that our kids are receiving. Now, we have listeners that have young kids in school, but we also have older listeners that don't. But property values are affected by how good the schools are. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I was watching the Super Bowl just a few days ago, and it was funny. There was a commercial on there from homes.com, and they mentioned that one of their search functions of their website, this is what they led their commercial with, that they spent all of this money at the Super Bowl. One of the functions of their website is that you can search housing by the quality of schools. One of the most important factors for families moving into an area. It's important to the realtors, to to that whole community. And also, I think that there's a big misunderstanding here is that property taxes are not going to increase if the commissioners fully fund the budget. The commissioners have an extra $14 million, right, from the property tax increases. And that's expected to be $43 million over the next three years. So that's way more than what was requested. And it's not going to affect your taxes. What it is going to affect is your property value if our school system is gutted. Right now, Worcester County Public Schools are number one in the state. And we also have the lowest starting teacher salary. How much of the budget goes towards this teacher salary? That's a great question. So it's 86% of the budget goes towards salaries. So that leaves the other 14% of the budget is really what's being scrutinized by the county commissioners saying that there's all of this waste and there's these lavish lunches and hotel stays and all of these things. But me as a business owner, I understand these things are really the cost of doing business. And you know, even if there is some expenditures that weren't completely necessary in terms of lunches and whatever, holding our entire school system hostage over these things is absolutely unacceptable. It's really frustrating that it feels like the commissioners are playing politics with some of these things. And the people that are suffering are our hardworking teachers and support staff and our students. So it looks like the uh, maintenance of effort, the MOE, does not include enrichment programs or the summer academy. Could you tell us or elaborate a little bit on the summer academy for us? You're right. The maintenance of effort there, you have to cut somewhere, right? You have to cut something. So the extras that we get for our kids is are the first things that are going to get cut. So after school programs and summer academy are two of the things that, you know, that have been on the chopping block. So summer academy is crucial for many students. First off, if you need help catching up, Summer Academy is a fantastic academic program that helps keep kids on track. There's also, you know, kids that don't have special needs that attend Summer Academy because some kids need more structure than others. Some need to stay in that rhythm of performing academically every day in order to get to be, you know, in rhythm when it's time to go back to school. There's also special needs students that really need structure every day. There's parents that speak at the school board meetings over and over, pleading with the Board of Education to find a way to fund Summer Academy because of how vital it is for their kids. 
And this is not a camp. I heard one of the Board of Education members refer to it as a camp. That would be Katie Addis. She has referred to it as summer camp multiple times in Board of Education meetings, which if you're a teacher that is implementing this curriculum in Summer Academy, that's got to be incredibly frustrating that it is not a camp. You can find the schedule for yourself about what happens at Summer Academy. But, you know, of course, there are some like outdoor activities and things like that, which, you know, it's summertime with kids. You got to get them outside. It's important to me as a um, you know environmental education background, there's also time for reading and math and core subjects. There really is a lot of education going on at Summer Academy. It is absolutely not just a summer camp free-for-all. Now, what does the MOE maintenance of effort do to programs like pre-K? The maintenance of effort funding, it's going to affect literally every facet. There's going to have to be a reduction in teachers. If we look at the blueprint, the blueprint tells us that the starting salary soon for starting teachers is going to have to be $60,000, right? Which still doesn't even seem like enough for teachers. But in order to get to that level for our starting teachers, we're going to have to cut other positions. There's just not enough money to spread around to all these things. So that would lead us to enrichment programs getting cut, early childhood education, pre-K-3, which is like I said, is currently grant funded, um, as well as after school programs and summer academy. Now, a lot of these programs are really important for some of our lower income families, hardworking blue collar families. They need that after school care. They need to have their kids being productive and learning in the summer um, so they can work food on the table. So I think that this maintenance of effort funding, if the commissioners decide to fund the school system for fiscal year 2025 at maintenance of effort again, that this will be this will be detrimental to our school system. You can find a way it'll affect almost everything that happens in the school system. So enrollment is down. Enrollment went down during COVID. Folks decided to homeschool their kids or send them to private schools. So enrollment in public schools is down. So what that means is that with maintenance of effort funding, that's per pupil funding, that's the bare minimum that is required by the state. So if the county commissioners decide to fund at maintenance of effort again for next year, that will actually be a decrease in funding since it's per pupil and enrollment is down. So while you may hear them say that they are not cutting school funding. They absolutely are. There's going to be less money than last year. And of course, we have inflation to fight. So it's going to be less money. So you expect bigger class sizes and possibly very important programs like Summer Academy. They may be on the chopping block. Absolutely. With maintenance of effort, decisions are going to have to be made about what is getting funded and what is not. So class sizes will have to go up. 86% of the budget, like we talked about, is salaries. So the easiest way to get that to spread the money around more is to reduce the staff. We also know that if no step or COLA raises are issued to teachers and we are funded at maintenance of effort by the commissioners, then the budget shortfall is going to be estimated to be $3.6 million for the Board of Education. That is with no raises for any of our teachers. So how do you make up that $3.6 million? You cut staff. You increase class sizes. You cut programs. You cut summer academy, after school programs. These are things, it's 86% of the budget is people's wages. So those are the things that are going to disappear. And right now, Worcester County has the lowest starting salary for teachers, don't they? Absolutely. Yes. While we have the best performing schools in the state, we also have the lowest wage for starting teachers in Worcester County. It's absolutely embarrassing. Okay. So we have important budget meetings coming up. This is another reason why it's important to join your group. Can you tell a little bit about what you post and how people can join you? 
Yes. So you can find us on Facebook. Just search Worcester United. There's a few questions to answer and then you can join. On there, we keep everybody updated on what meetings are happening when, any kind of important developments, either things that are being put out by the commissioners or the Board of Education, all of these things that are kind of relevant to what's going on in our school system right now. We post on there so you can educate yourselves. And that's really what we advocate for is we just advocate for knowledge that if you are informed, then you will make the decision that are correct for your family. Will you be vetting some of the candidates for the Board of Education and letting the public know where they stand? Yes, we're going to at least send invites for it to interview all the candidates. And then we will post the results of those surveys and questions that we ask them on our Facebook page, on the Worcester United page. So you can find all of that there as we continue on. Like we mentioned, there's budget meetings coming up. The school board will be presenting the fiscal year 25 budget to the county commissioners soon, I believe this month. So you can find all of those dates and times for board meetings and county commissioner meetings right there for Worcester United. You can also on Worcester United find our petition for public comment. The county commissioners recently voted against having public comment at commissioner meetings, which, you know, we strongly believe the leadership of Worcester United and myself, we strongly believe that public meetings should have public comment. It's the only way to speak to all seven commissioners at once and make sure that your voice is being heard. I've called my commissioner, but I have no way of knowing if he has relayed, you know, my thoughts to the other commissioners. Mm -hmm. There's just no possible way to know, especially I can't get any of them to email me back. It takes forever. I'm still waiting on responses from multiple commissioners that I've emailed weeks or even months ago for some of them. So when they say things in the meeting, like, oh, I'm extremely available. You can talk to me anytime. Well, calling them on the phone and actually documenting a conversation in a public meeting or two completely different things. So I would encourage you, if for nothing else, to go to Worcester United and sign the petition for public comment at commissioner's meetings. They're one of the only commissions in the entire state of Maryland that does not have public comment. Well, your group is 700, growing every day, definitely has had an impact. In your last Worcester United meeting, your group discussed talking points and how to reach residents. So we're really glad that you came in today to talk to our listeners. Yes, thank you, Tom, for being a guest here with us on Rock Buzz. And to our listeners, what do you think? Do you have a student in the Worcester County school system? And what do you think the school should be focused on? And what about funding? We want to hear your thoughts and concerns. That's right. To keep the discussion going, join us on our Facebook group by searching for Ocean Pines ROC and be sure to look for our official logo. And if you would like to be a guest, advertise with us, or have a story idea that you want us to cover, please email us at info at oceanpinesroc.com. And as always, thanks for listening to Rock Buzz, your community podcast.